What's up with it, man? It's your boy, Jamon, a.k.a. Jamon, the writer, uh, your ambassador of Christ, kingdom of heaven, citizen, coming to you live for this episode number 12. And we're talking about boldly busted. <laughs> episode number 12, y'all. We're making our way, moving on in. I'm starting to pace myself. Thanks to my brother, Phil Mo Slim. Nah, <laughs> That's what I like to call it, but that's my brother, man, Philly D. You know what I'm saying? Philip Morgan, man, in San Diego, California. He's going to be joining me on these podcasts and really add some heavy insight. Then I got my cousin in the background, you know what I'm saying? Pentagon Ron. He's going to be joining me in too, man, and uh, really adding some insight. We was talking about some stuff today that I think is going to be very meaty. Uh, but, you know, first of all, man, I just want to give God the glory everything that I'm doing. He is really um, showing me some things and uh, showing me some things about myself and, um, you know, and liberating me and allowing me to be free, which is also allowing him and his power to be evident in my life. And um, that's one of the things that, um, you know, that I've been dealing with is just weaknesses, you know, in the, in, in, in the body of Christ, uh, a lot of settings, I've learned that, uh, you know, we've been taught to look down on on weaknesses, but that's the opposite of what the word is saying. And uh, God said that in weaknesses and weak and weakness, his strength is made perfect. So um, that gave me a whole new concept. Me and my mother was talking about it. It just gave me a whole new concept and idea for a book. Be weak. You never know. It might save your life. Um, so. A lot of people put emphasis on be strong, be strong, be strong. But your strength is not your strength when you are a believer, when you are a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. Your strength is really his strength. If you appear to be strong, that is your that is God's strength. When you make it through trials and tribulations, it's not by your own might. It's not by your own. It's by his strength that you are able to make it through those trials and tribulations. And uh you know, we have two choices. We can either uh, react to situations the way the world does. You know, I was just talking about like extra money, like, you know, finances. The way the world operates is we, they go get more jobs. They go they go try to do more work. But that's the opposite of what God teaches us in his word. And uh, so you have a you have an option. You have a choice on how you're going to react to certain things and certain situations that attack you in your life. And um, I often say, man, if you're not being attacked by your enemies every day, you need to go find some new enemies because that's not a bad thing. That just shows that you're not going in the same direction as your enemies. And uh, that's what we want because that's what we signed up for. And so if I'm not reacting to the way the world the way the world reacts, and I'm acting in a heavenly way, 
You know what I'm saying? Not to say that I'm more spiritual than anybody, but it's just I choose to react the way that uh, the word teaches us to react. That's not me. Don't get it misconstrued and think that, oh, I'm saying that I'm just this strong individual and, and all that. No. You know what I'm saying? It is really he that is in me. And that's why the word says greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. See, we got to get past this fact of, oh, just because you hold a certain position in the in the church that you can't allow people to see your weaknesses because then you don't know how they make. And, and, and we have to get past that and not worry about the judgmental. And my, my, my uh, mother in Christ, my spiritual mother, Linda Owens, we talked about that today. And uh, she really let me understand something. And that is, okay, once you figure out that this is what's trapping the body, these four walls are trapping the body and they're and they are nullifying the power of Christ to be present because of the judgmental and the lack of transparency. Once you recognize that, now you look at, okay, I recognize that and I see that that was me. Okay, so I'm no longer going to be that. Even though I talk about, you know what I'm saying, how I struggle as a human being all the time. And how I lead in with where my weaknesses is and where my struggles is at. But I know that I'm victorious and those struggles are doing nothing but propelling me forward and, and allowing me to become, uh, a, the, allowing his greatness to, to shine out. And I'm impacting this world. I still need to make sure that every day that I'm conscious that, see, that lets me know that. It's not me that's making all these miraculous and good things happen in my life. Because sometimes we can slip into that. Yeah, we get in front of that. When we accepting the accolades and get on the front of the podium, oh, all, all honor and glory go to God. But when you, you know, once you step down, you're walking in your own strength. A lot of times people, you know what I'm saying, they just say that because that's the thing to say. You know what I mean? But do they live that? You know, but I, don't, I can't be concerned about what other people are doing. I just know that that was me. Like I might say, hey, God brought me through. God brought me through. But then when troubles hit me on a daily basis, I'm trying to figure it out. I'm trying to figure out how to how to get past those troubles with my own might. I'm trying to come up with man. I'm listening to other men. I'm, I'm trying to come up, use man-made tactics to try to beat the, the spiritual struggles that I'm up against when it's not my my battle to fight. I'm supposed to be tapping in the most high to create because he told me that's what I'm supposed to do. You know what I mean? So um, that's a whole thing. And um, I'm standing up and I'm boldly saying that. And uh, what I mean, that leads me into this episode. And I'm just I'm just grateful. All I can say is I'm grateful and I am consistently trying to humble myself um, and, 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 and let everybody who's listening and anybody who I come in contact with that. Listen, man, I am just like you. I am just making our choices are just different. That's all. I choose to I choose to react a different way to certain situations. That's it. And you can do the same thing, but it takes strength to do that. And I don't have that strength. You see what I mean? And so, you know, I have to learn how to say no to situations that's going to drain my energy because I'm trying to be a good Samaritan or because I'm trying to help people. I got to learn where to draw the line in. And I got to be bold about that. And I got to bust like I got a fully automatic in my hand. You feel what I'm saying? And that's what this boldly busted episode is about. It means to stand up for what you believe in and deliver your thoughts to the powers that be with confidence, with confidence, knowing that it is not you. It greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world to boldly know, to boldly say what's on your mind, to boldly stand for the truth. 
to boldly say no with confidence, without fear of how people are going to respond to you, without fear that people are going to say, okay, I don't want to deal with you no more. I've been through it. I've been through it. I've, I've helped people. And when I decided to say, no, I can't do this anymore, then it's like the relationship changed. You know what I mean? And so I've been through that. And I can either choose to be hurt or I can choose to be free. I'm sorry to say, well, no, I'm not sorry to say, but I'm here to say, and I'm boldly declaring it, I'm choosing to be free. And I don't care what anybody says or anybody, what anybody's opinion is about my actions or about my movements or about the questions that I ask. Because I ask questions to learn, not to point fingers and not to attack people. You know, and I've asked a series of questions here over this last week and um, crickets, you know, but these are people that's supposed to love me, but getting still, you know, we reach out to each other on trivial stuff. But when you see a brother in a certain situation or in a certain lane in life and he's 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 progressing, you know what I'm saying? He's choosing not to transgress and he's choosing not to go backward, but he's choosing to release the power of God in his life, which calls for a total, total humbleness. See, when you release the power of God in your life, it calls for you to totally die and cease. I'm not on here preaching. I'm just talking. I'm just sharing what's happening in my life. See, this is that booger that won't go away for me. That booger that won't go away to where I want to please people, to where I don't want to boldly declare, you know what I'm saying, what I feel, or what I know is right for my life in fear of what people may think or may say. And I'm taking a stand today. Even though I took this stand about, about some months ago, I'm here on this podcast, on this booger that won't go away to let you know that the tissue for me here is the truth is that it doesn't matter how people feel because see, we this life is not ours. The material things that we have, they are not ours. They are they are a part of a kingdom that is unseen with physical eyes. And so we must protect that as if it's not ours. You got to take care of other people's stuff like it's yours. And so that's what God is saying. He wants to see if we are good stewards over that which he has freely given. And what he has freely given is peace is love, is joy. And I can easily, if I'm not careful, I can easily allow the enemy to come in and steal that from me. And it happens. I've been there. I've allowed the enemy to steal my peace. I've allowed the enemy to steal my joy. I've allowed the enemy to steal my ability to love somebody. You see what I'm saying? So now it's about doing things, even though I might not feel like doing it, I know that I'm giving glory to God, so I'm going to go ahead and do it. I'm going to go ahead and press through and do it with a gladness of heart and do it unto him, even though my flesh don't feel like doing it. But is that wrong? Is that bad? Because I don't feel like doing it. But it's so if you see me doing it, then you understand that it's greater in me that's doing that. And it's not me. Understand that. See, this is these are these are simple truths for me. They might they, they, you might have already known this for all your life and you might be living a life that God has designed for you. I don't know, you know, but I also see a lack of power in certain areas. And I know why that power is there is because we lack a level of transparency to those that say that they love us. I got a saying that says that if a person says they love you and there's they will not disclose who they truly are. And when I say disclose who you truly are, that means that you're transparent and you're you're not scared to let the person who you're telling that you love 
Know your struggles. Know your dislikes. Know your likes. Know who you are and who what what other people other people that's outside of that circle don't know. If they can't do that for you, and they screaming that they love you. That's not real love. That is the true definition of fake love. You know, and so that's just one thing that I say, and that's all about being transparent. And that's what happens. And that's why people don't come into those four walls. People, when they come, they step foot in, they feel this judgmental uh, spirit and they turn back around and never come back. And we wonder why the pews are empty. We wonder why there's not people in the community doing work in the name of Jesus. Now, there's a there's a ton of people out here in the community doing work that's commendable. You know what I mean? But are they doing it in the name of Jesus? You see what I mean? And uh, these are the things that I'm boldly busting about, you know, like a gun. You know what I'm saying? Um, I want to talk about one of my one of my heroes. And uh, when we come back, man, uh, from Nelson Mandela, me and him share the same birthday. And he definitely stood up for social injustices. And um, I, I, I am really I really admire him. I got his biography. So I'm starting to read his biography and learn who he really is. Um Selfless, selfless man. It is. It's, see, that's what God has. That's another gift that's freely given to us is the ability to be selfless and to be to be to be to to be giving of ourselves. But it's so easily taken away because it's looked down upon as being weak, and which it may be weak. But that's good to be weak because that's where His strength is made perfect. But see, we don't think like the world thinks. You know what I mean? We don't think. We don't think. We don't react to situations the way the world reacts. You know what I'm saying? So this sound, this may sound foreign to you if you're not a person who has um, chosen to give up their life for the high power, for for the most high, for the for the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. For this might seem foreign to you if you're not if you don't love God's word. You know what I mean? So it's not that I'm just speaking to people who love God's word, but I'm speaking to everybody. And I'm hoping that you hear the truth and and, and the the logic that God has put out that is so simple. But yet and still, it confounds the thing, the, the, the complex things of this world. He uses the simple things to break down the foolish things. You know what I'm saying? And um uh, this, this, just the simple things of life, man, to break down the complex things. Excuse me. So check out. This is my guy, NL. And, uh, you know, this is, uh, man, this song right here has got a, man, he's got like 458 million plays on, 488 million plays on Spotify. Do you know what that check is? 488 million times 0.003. If anybody can 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 answer that question for me and send me a message, I'll send them $25. 488,205,642 times 0.003. And right now, Spotify is paying 0.006. Tell me what that check looks like. And this is a check that he's getting from all those plays. How much has he made if that's, if that's the equation? NF, check them out. Let You Down, that's the name of the song. Yeah. 
Don't talk down to me. That's not gonna work now. Packed up my clothes and I moved out. I don't even wanna go to your house. Every time I sit on that couch, I feel like you lecture me eventually. I bet that we could have made this work and probably would have figured things out. But I guess I'm a letdown, but it's cool, I checked out. But you wanna be friends now? Okay, let's put my fake face on and pretend now. Sit around and talk about the good times. It didn't even happen. I mean, why are you laughing? What's a mistake joke? Let me see if I can find a reaction. No, but at least you're happy. Like all these voices in my head get loud. Yeah. That's my man, NF, man. And, um, you know, very talented individual, and that's off the uh, that's off the the album uh, Perception. If that's if I'm not, yeah, the name of the album is called Perception. He talks a lot about using music as his as his therapy. I think the the album before that was called Therapy Session. And um, you know, um, hopefully, uh, no, not hopefully, but soon. What I'm doing is I'm pricing equipment right now. So I'm gonna get a microphone and you know, and get some equipment, man, to make this podcast better. And the music that I'm playing, um, hopefully um, that I can put it within the timeline and um, it sound a little bit more crisper than what it sounded right now. So if you saw what I was working with right now, you'd be like, okay, this brother's serious. <laughs> this, the, this, hey, this is the bottom, baby. Came from the bottom, now we here. You know what I'm saying? Get it out the mud, though. <laughs> and I can go there, man, but, you know, I just try to, try to be sophisticated sometimes, man, so people can understand where I'm coming from and, uh, you know, but, uh, it's all good. So, um, yeah, we talking about boldly busting. Uh, this is the, the, the booger that won't go away podcast. Um, make sure that you hit me up at picking boogers at gmail.com P I C K E N boogers at gmail.com or hit me up at three one seven zero two eight three nine zero seven. Let me know what you think about this boldly busted, busted, bow, bow, bow. Like my man, uh, Waka Flocka. You know what I'm saying? He said, we busting. You're busting at him. Busting at him. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, yo, uh, for real, on a, on a serious note, man, this is really serious and dear to my heart because, um, you know, for a long period of time in my life, I was scared to boldly bust. I wouldn't mind busting. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was a guy, man, that would be like, I would play in the background with the strap. You know what I'm saying? So if anything pop off, they would never see me coming. And, you know, what I'm saying they would get that lit, you know, but uh, there was also guys who played the foreground with that strap. You know what I mean? They'd be out in the front ground while everybody talking noise and they got their strap boldly out, letting people know, like, hey, if it go down, you know, you know, you got some bullets coming from me. I'm, you know, I'm going to bust that. And to me, that's a soldier on the front line, like in the war zone. You know, the Marines, they the first to go, you know, boldly busted, man. You know, hey, listen. We on the front lines, man, and, and and if death is the result, then so be it. You know what I mean? But we're gonna stand up for what we believe in and we're gonna deliver this message in confidence to the powers that be. Boldly busting. Episode number 12, picking boogers, that booger that won't go away. Podcast, man. Make sure you check it out at jamanarider.com. All the links are in the bio. Support, you know. I'm I'm about to start figuring out how to market this thing. And get and get people to recognize it outside of Twitter, outside of these lame social media platforms, 
and go in this and, and really get into some real meat of people who really are uh, looking for good quality content. Nelson Mandela, born on July 18th. He is definitely one of my uh, one of my heroes. And, um, you know, my birthday is July 18th. Also, let's see what year was Nelson Mandela born? Um, he, we just shared we just had a birthday last week. You know, and I apologize. This podcast was supposed to drop Saturday, you know, man. But I got into um, I like Marvel Comics. So um, I got into the series of uh, um, what's his name? Iron Fist. <laughs> a lot of it is cheesy, man. I guess I just like it when his when his fist light up and he knocks somebody out with it. <laughs> I'll be waiting to see. And Luke Cage, man, you know, they got the they got the, uh, the forgot what the name of that series is. Where they all in there together. Luke Cage, man, is a black superhero, man, but he be too square sometimes, man, but he cold. I like Luke Cage. Luke Cage's cool. Nelson Mandela was born in 1918. I was born in 75. So we talking about 60 years apart, you know what I mean? And, um, man, I tell you, some of the similarities, man, that um, that we have, man, is kind of kind of astonishing, you know. Bill Cosby was born on July 18th, too. And I don't knock Bill Cosby. You know what I mean? Whatever he did, that's what he did, man. But one thing about it, nobody cannot deny him. He's a black man that that uh, threatened white America by talking about he was going to buy NBC. You know, how many people done did that? You know what I'm saying? Then all of a sudden, the stuff started coming out. You already know what it was about. They don't want us owning media. You know what I mean? They don't want us owning, 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 owning uh, corporations or organizations of that matter. You know what I mean? Because then we then we really control what is being put out, you know. So anyway, you, you know, we're talking about Nelson Mandela. He had a quote. One of his quotes says, <clears throat> it is better to leave from behind and to put others in front, especially when you celebrate victory, when nice things occur. You take the front line when there is danger. Then people will appreciate your leadership. Hey, man. OK, we talking about boldly busted. Is that bold? Or not. <laughs> that is probably one of the most boldest statements that I've ever heard in my life. You know, when I read that, I was like, blown. I was like, whoa, because that's exactly what he did when it was danger. That's when he took the front line. You know what I mean? But he played the background at any other time. You know, that's where do you see that? at? Who do you see doing that? Only taking the front line when there's danger. You know, I'm about to boldly do something up here in Anchorage, Alaska, that I haven't, I've never done before. You know, um, there's, there was a little sick, it was a 16 year old boy killed. And I read the story on it, man. He was talking to, you know, it said, it was talking about gay rival gangs and guy said he was blood and 19, he's blood and 16 year old, the victim was crip and, you know, and they making out the bloods and crips to be this vicious gang up here in, in Anchorage, man. And it's like, man, Stop it. These are that that was their decision. You cannot put that on on gang on, on the gang. You can't put that on the Crip organization or the Blood organization and say this is the reason why they shot each other. You know, then next thing you hear is the community activists or the community leaders talking about we need to do a form. Nigga, I've been up here for 10 freaking years, man. And that's all they've been doing is forms and crap like that. You know what I'm saying? The true solution is give these kids something to do point blank period. They don't want to do that because that costs money and they want to spend their money where they want to spend their money at. So I'm saying they want to make sure they get their salaries. They want to make sure that they are able to pay people instead of taking that money 
portion of that money and putting it into programs that's going to teach these kids a skill or a trade to where when they leave the program, the, the first day they leave, they got something tangible that they could take with them and say, I learned this and I can go apply this and probably make five or ten dollars. You see what I'm saying? At 16 years old, the ability to be able to make twenty five to fifty dollars a week is not something to be frowned upon. OK, and so that's where we're lacking it. That's why these kids out here are doing what they're doing, because they're idle. Don't have nothing to do. So I'm going to write a letter to the mayor and uh, to the to the state. I'm afforded to the press. I'm afforded everywhere. And uh, we're going to see if we can get some answers. And I'm willing to stand on the front line and say, I'm done. With, I'm done with forums. I don't want to be a part of any forum. I don't want to be a part of any committee. I don't want to be a part of anything unless it's talking about putting money into the streets and allowing these kids to have something to do that's going to be something they can just tangibly take back to their family, to their neighborhood, to their school, and actually apply it to generate some type of revenue, period. Because that's what they, we have, we have corrupted our kids and made, and, and got them thinking money, 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 money. And then you want to turn your back on them when they do crazy things to get money. How you going to tell somebody how hey, you need money in order to survive, but don't teach them how to go get money. And you turn your back on them when you say you need money and leave them to their own devices. Yes, you're going to get nines and glocks and 40 calibers being pulled and cats getting their brains blowed out in the middle of broad daylight. Of course you're going to get that because they ain't got nothing to do. Because after they figure out, I don't know how to go make no money, then they resort to the second thing. And that gives the enemy open to reign into their mind. So that's my rant on that. He had another quote that said, the greatest glory in living lies, not ever failing. He said, the, the greatest glory in living lies, not in never failing, but in rising every time we fall. The greatest glory in living lies, not in never failing, but in rising every time we fall. And that's another thing. What I was talking about at the beginning of this podcast, and I'm talking specifically about the body of Christ inside those four walls, the pew dwellers. We like to sit there and we like the glory about all the good things that we're doing and all the accolades that we're receiving and all the material fruit that we have. But we don't never glory and never talk about how we fail and what it was like when we failed what the atmosphere was like, what the feeling, what was going through our mind, what was in our blood when we failed. And then turn around and say, but God brought me out of that. I struggle with pornography and it's te it tempts me every single day, but I don't give in to it because God's glory, his strength is, is, is living inside of me and it allows, it gives me the power to say, no, I was a liar. I struggle with lying every single day. See, when people say that they've made it out of something and to only make you believe that they don't never have to deal with the temptation no more, that's who you need to be. You need to, you need to watch out for them because they lying to you. They lying to you because you're going to be tempted. Your flesh and your spirit is going to be worn to the day that you die. So you're always going to be at war with something. But that's good. That's that's something to clap about and be happy because that means you ain't going to have no boring days, <laughs> number one. And it's going to make life what life is supposed to be, you know, and it's going to it's going to switch your dependency off of what you think that you can do and put it on a 
on the one who made you. And once you get through that and you know that it ain't you that is able to defeat the tactics of the enemy and defeat all these things that tempt you on a daily basis, hmm, that's when you're going to know. And that's when you can give glory. And that's when you can say, yo, <laughs> it can be done. If I can do it, you can do it. That's when that statement means a lot. If I can do it, you can do it because I'm not doing it by my own strength. I have let something in that has that is that is leading me and guiding me in the right direction. Last quote. There is no passion to be found playing small and settling for a life that is less than one you are capable of living. And that takes a uh, that takes a, a characteristic of boldness to say, I'm not going to settle for a weak life. I'm going to stand up and I'm going to live boldly and I'm going to express myself boldly and live a life that is that is beyond comprehension. You know, um, <clears throat> Nelson Mandela was in prison for 27 years. Uh, basically, uh, they imprisoned him because he agitated um, against the South, the South. He agitated the South African government, uh, African National Congress. I'm, I'm reading my notes right now. And remember, you know, this all this is off my heart. This is out my spirit, you know. And so I, I have notes, but a lot, but but 95% of what you hear coming through these speakers, coming through your speakers, 95% of it is, 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 is spirit-led. It's being, I don't even know that I'm going to say it. It's just coming. So, but it's my, it's, it's it resonates with me. It's my truth. And so, um, you know, man, he was, he was a person that I considered to be a bold buster. You know what I mean? He was a bold, bold buster. He stood on the front lines and he boldly with confidence delivered messages to the powers that be, despite what the consequences were going to be. <laughs> you know, now they didn't, now take in mind, they didn't have, Facebook and he didn't have Twitter and Instagram where he could film what was going on in real time. You know what I'm saying? We only knew what was going on by his letters, by, you know what I'm saying? The biography and by what the media told us. And, uh, but we never really could see, we never, nobody really saw it real time unless she was actually there. So, you know, of course, standing on the front line and standing up for social injustices now is, uh, is a little bit different because we're going to tag media and we're going to be our own media presence, you know, and um, I believe that it's a social injustice that kids are not able to participate in activities due to income of their household. That's a social injustice because you're not giving kids a, a proper opportunity to grow and to become productive citizens because you're withholding the resources that they need to be those citizens. And, um, we feed these lies and say that you, well, you, you're not able to be a productive citizen until you graduate college and get a job. That's another, that's a bold faced lie. We don't tell our kids, we don't, in elementary school and kindergarten, our kids should be knowing that, hey, you can impact the society and the, and, the, and the community that you live in right now, just by being a positive person, just by seeking solutions to problems that you see on a daily basis. A kindergarten, a five-year-old can understand that. If I find an answer to a problem, I have just came up with a solution. Simple. It don't take a uh, it don't take a PhD doctor political major <laughs> to, to be able to implement and answer that equation and implement that that equation into their community. Come on, man. You know. So that's my thing. 
um, right now. That's my social injustice that is, you know, is that I think we need to stand up and, um, you know, I'm going to put my money where my mouth is on this, you know. So, um, like I said, we boldly busted. And I think, uh, <clears throat> you know, who has suffered from fears? Friends, family? I said, I have never been bold on a consistent basis. Fear has held me back from standing up for social injustices that I have noticed and those that have affected me in a negative way. Who has suffered from my fears? And see, that's the thing. When you operate in fear, you're not the only, you're not just holding yourself back, but the people that surround you are affected by this and could, could suffer from your operation in fear. They said, who has suffered from my fear? I said, my friends, family, those who are directed, di directly affected by that injustice that my eyes have been open to. Um, and, and, and those social injustices are things like wages, uh, resources for single families. Those are the main things that I hope that I see because I've dealt with them. I personally dealt with them. And, um, and just the resources for these, these, these the, the youth in our communities, man, uh, you know, who's speaking up for them? Who's standing up and saying, this is where the money needs to go? Who's saying, man, I don't want to be a part of your board. I don't want to be a part of your forum. I don't want to be a part of your cabinet. I don't want to be a part of your political structure. You know what I'm saying? All I want to do is be a part of the solution that's going to help these kids. And here is the solution, period. They've raised money to do analytical studies and all this type of stuff, but they have not raised, not yet once raised money to help these kids be a part of the community, period. And I, I just think that it's, it's crazy because the money goes to these high profile organizations, these high profile. I mean, you know what? I was looking at the state salary and, uh, you know, one of the highest paid people in Alaska. I can't remember his name. I may give his name later. He's making three hundred and something thousand dollars a year. That's his salary. Three hundred thousand. Three hundred. Three hundred thousand. I don't even know what your title is. You you work for the state and you're making three hundred thousand dollars a year. What do you do? What, I mean, what the heck? You know what I mean? And so, uh, you know, I want to challenge that. I want to challenge that. You can live off a hundred thousand a year, man. <laughs> Take that other two hundred thousand dollars and put it in these kids' mouths, man. You know. So, uh, <clears throat> you know, switch switching gears, man, to uh, personal relationships. You know, um, I have something against someone uh, pretty much. I I have something against someone catching offense, confronting someone that you love is an issue with me. Confronting someone that you love and that you have an issue with, that's an issue with me. That's something that I struggle with. Now, at this minute, at this very hour, I struggle with confronting people that I love yeah. with issues. I struggle with it. And uh, me and my mother was just talking about that because, um, you know, with her and her husband, her and my, my, my dad, you know, she sometimes has issues and uh, but she doesn't confront them. And so she told me a story about just this past couple of days on how she 
actually said she was either going to not or do it. And she actually confronted him about that. We cannot be scared of confrontation. I mean, and my, both my hands are up because I'm a victim of that. I'm guilty of that. I've always been scared of confrontation. And it's not because I'm I'm scared of what the person might do to me. And I'm serious. I'm scared of what might end up, what I might end up doing. Because I know that, um, you know, if it goes into a physical altercation, I'm only going to be thinking about survival. I'm not going to be thinking about nothing else. I'm going to be thinking about survival and somebody can get hurt and I can end up, you know, so, but I have to eliminate that fear because it's not going to always go to it. it probably never go to a physical altercation if I'm straight up at the beginning and confront the issue when I immediate when I see the issue or when, when the issue, when the issue is presented to me, you know, so, um, why is it so hard to do? You know, uh, how should it be done? And we, of course, we know the only way to do it is out of love. Um, and then, but again, that fear holds me back from doing such thing in order to keep the peace. I've been in marriages where I, where I avoided confrontation in order to keep the peace in the household. Is that wrong or is that right? My answer is wrong. You know what I mean? Because if there's going to be uh, an absence of peace because you're being honest, about how you feel and you're addressing things that don't sit right with you, then that relationship right there is going, it's going to be jacked up whether you confront or not. You see what I'm saying? So at least you would know, and at least you know that, okay, I need to, we need to go to work on accepting constructive criticism and accepting the truth from each other. You know, now you know where you need to work on, but if you never confront it, everything just gets brushed up under the rug. You know what I'm saying? 10 years down the line, you're looking at that person like, I don't even know who you are. You know, I heard Will Smith was talking about this yesterday. He said he was, um, I forgot Rudy. Rudy P. He had a he had a. I guess she was a marriage. She was you know uh, married. They were, he, she was counseling him and Jada on marriage. She, she asked she, how long you. She asked Jada how long you been knowing Will. Will said seven. She said seventeen years. She said, oh shoot, you don't even know him. You just now getting to know him. Seventeen years. So you know that all that does is that goes to show me is that you know um, we are never. You, you, you'll never know a person fully because we're always constantly changing. You know what I mean? It takes a long time to get to know a person. And I believe that's why it's so hard that the older you get to find true love and to find a relationship because you got to take time to get to know a person. And by the time they're 35 or 40 years old, they have accumulated so much in their lives that it takes time to get to know who that individual is and how they react, you know what I'm saying, to certain situations. You know what I mean? So. But we got to get past the fear. I have to get past the fear. That's my booger. In this, in this whole session right here, moly busting, the booger of mine is fear. That's the booger. And uh, I'm here to tell you right now, I'm no longer going to operate in fear. I'm going to be transparent about that to whoever I come in contact with also. And to let you know that I once was a person. I, I have the tendency. So you got to know your tendencies. And see, if you know that you have a tendency to operate in something, then you know the target. Then you know what to look out for. Then you know what to tag God in on. I have a tendency to operate in fear. So I'm saying, but no longer am I going to let fear control my actions or stop me from advancing to the next level. And I, and, I, and I boldly proclaim that. I boldly bust on that right now. So, uh, <clears throat> you know, the Bible talks about, man, and, um, and I think this goes with any setting, any industry, whatever. 
He said to boldly approach the throne. He said to, to find grace, we must approach the throne boldly. We have to boldly approach the throne or else he ain't hearing us. But who is? You know what I mean? Where are you going to go that is a prestige that could change your life forever and approach them with, 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 with demands and you're going to be approaching them in fear? Who's going to receive that? Do you think any movie movie producer, music producer, any record label, any any woman is going to receive you coming to them like a punk or coming to them in weakness? You see what I'm saying? You better allow God to come in that weakness and make you bold and make you strong. Because if you approach them in fear, nobody's going to receive you. I'm not going to receive somebody coming to me acting all scared, you know, um, I'm just not going to receive it because I'm going to be like, what you scared for? I don't, you don't have no reason to be scared of me or fear of me. What is it? What What is it that got you all scared about? You know, so uh, if your enemies are not attacking you daily, you need some new enemies. man. And I believe that attacks from my enemies, they build character. They make us strong. You see what I'm saying? And they also, you know, uh, pain is good. Pain is good. Pain is good, man. But it also lets you know. The direction you're going, at least you know you're not going in the same direction as your enemy if y'all button heads. You know, uh, that's just something that I think is uh, is uh, we look down upon when somebody says, oh, I got enemies. <laughs> hey, man, what's wrong with that? You got, you got an adversary, man, that's never going to rest at trying to trap you up and trip you up. You know what I'm saying? But we have the victory, though, so we happy. We happy for the adversary. We happy for our enemies. We happy for these roadblocks because we get the chance to show people that, you know, we as ambassadors of heaven, as ambassadors of Christ, we don't fold easy. You know what I mean? So um, that's what it is, man. Um, you know, when I first started this podcast, I had a fear of, um, of, of always referencing the Bible and, you know what I mean, and talking about my faith and things like that because there was something in me that wanted to appeal to everybody. You know, and um, I used to do that with my music, too. Um, I would I would make music that sometimes I would make music that didn't proclaim or declare my faith in Jesus. And um, that's like him saying, like, if you are ashamed of me to to pronounce my name in front of me, then I'm going to be ashamed that I'm not I'm, I will I will be ashamed to pronounce your name in front of the father. And, uh, you know. I had to get rid of that fear. And that's the reason why you hear it now. If you listen to me, you know what I'm saying? It's like, I'm referencing and I'm not going to stop referencing. You know, I'm not going to sit here and try to preach to you because again, if you learn something from me, that's the Holy Spirit that taught you. It ain't me. All I'm doing is just sharing with you and expressing some of the boogers that I deal with. Some of the things, some of these, like my brother, brother Phil was talking about, man, he's like, you know, man, sometimes it's just one big booger. I was calling these mini booger episodes, but you're like, man, this is just one big booger because it's quality content. And, uh, you know, I, I just give praises to God, man, for my family. I, I definitely thank God for my, my brother, you know what I'm saying, because he has encouraged and inspired me, you know what I'm saying, uh, as much as you say I've inspired him or whatever, he has inspired me more than he can recognize or even understand. You know what I mean? Just to see him... Uh, start a family, start a business, you know, fight through whatever we, we fought through as a family and came up in, you know, he's fought through all that. He's established himself 
And um, I'm very thankful to to have a brother like him. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, this is, man, it's a beautiful life, man. And, um, you know, I lost my son last year, man. But even at the same time, he left us with three beautiful grandkids that I'm going to get to see in another two weeks. And I'm thankful. I'm just thankful for, I'm thankful for life. I'm thankful for being able to be transparent with people that I don't even know to let them see the power of God that lives inside of me. And um, that's what it is, man. I guarantee you, this is the Booger That Won't Go Away podcast. And uh, I guarantee you, I'm doing some music right now. I'm writing a book, uh, I'm writing a couple of books. And uh, and I mean, I'm not just saying I'm writing books and not writing. I'm writing a couple of books. I'm spending a certain amount of time on, on all these projects at once. And, um, you know, I won't be denied. I will not be denied. And I will boldly say that to anybody who put their face, ears, open their ears or whatever. I will not be denied uh, what's mine. God has designed me. And he's given me a purpose in this life. And um, I will minister. My purpose is to use my writing. My purpose is to use my writing to, to inform people and to, uh, to hopefully, uh, you know, just get people to see life at different from different angles, to, to, to readjust their lenses. And, um, you know, you look at me and, and laugh at me because, you know, I made some silly mistakes. But man, I've learned so many lessons from each one of those mistakes, man. I feel very, I feel very fortunate to be able to be sitting here right now at 6.51 p.m. on July 22nd talking about Bowley Buster, where I could have been dead 10 years ago. I could be in jail right now. But some of the stuff that I've done, if I had a guy caught, I would be in jail right now. You know, and who knows what type of individual, uh, who knows when I would have seen daylight. Who knows? All these years I would have lost children. Wouldn't I wouldn't have seen my kids growing up. You know, man, I, I, I could go on and on, you know what I'm saying, to get you to understand the reason why I'm so thankful and the reason why I'm so grateful, you know, and um, I show so much gratitude to, to God because without him, I would not be here. And I mean that. And I, and I, I live that, you know. So uh, I'm not going to sit here and act like I don't have struggles every day just because things may be going well for me or just because, you know, I was, I was a youth minister in the church and all that type of stuff. I told my kids, the, the, the kids that I was ministering to, I struggled with smoking weed. You know what I'm saying? I struggled with that on a daily basis, but guess what? I haven't smoked in it. You know what I'm saying? And, and God is my power. That's, that's where my power, that's where my power remain lies at. You know, he comes in and that weakness right there and he, his perfect, his strength is made perfect. So what does that mean if his strength is made perfect? That means that I now have strength. It's not my strength. I cannot claim it as being my own, but I can claim it as being my father's, which makes it just as good as mine. So the enemy, the, the enemy can't, he, he will not defeat me. And so we're talking about boldly busting. What's an area in your life that you need to boldly bust about? You know, it could be in a punk about it. You know what I'm saying? And quit laying down and letting people intimidate you or letting people put you in fear. You never know. You could be blocking your blessing pretty much, you know, and uh, and, and, and don't get me twisted. You know, the blessing is not the material thing. When I say the blessing, I mean the covenant blessing. You could be blocking your relationship with the creator. You could be blocking that covenant that he wants to join you in, that he wants you to join him in. You could be blocking that. 
and the results of that covenant, the result of the blessing are the things that you see, are the, are, are the, the qualities and the characteristics that you produce. Your, the true fruit is love and peace and joy and patience. And, and uh, the, you know, that, those are the fruits of the spirit. That's the true fruit. That's what we really want. You know, and uh, those things like those cars and stuff, he'll add those on to us. You know, we don't you don't need to stress about that type of stuff. You know, so uh, again, this is Jamon Morgan, a.k.a. Jamon, the writer, host of the Booger That Won't Go Away podcast. All the links are in the bio. We're on Spotify, iTunes, uh, all the other uh, Twitch, all the podcast platforms. And uh, I'm going to be, you know, we're steadily looking for ways to um, get this out there, you know, uh, but but of course, this is the bottom level. We on floor number one, and this is an Empire State Building type of building. <laughs> so you know, we building it. We're not just you know, we ain't we ain't, we can't take the elevators. My man Rich say we can't uh, the, the elevator. You can't take the elevator to the top. You got to take the stairs, man. You know, and uh, that's what we doing, man. We on these stairs, man. Climbing. No, no, we ain't worried about the process. We embracing it. The Booger That Won't Go Away podcast. This is episode number 12, guys. Thank you so much for supporting. Uh, we boldly busted, and we're not going to be scared to, to deliver our message and confidence to the powers that be. Hey, if I've let you down in the past, hey, I didn't mean to let you down. <laughs> yeah. Hey, get some tissue, man. <laughs> I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.